Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. The following broadcast has been approved for Elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker down the lane, drive, shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz is only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Welcome into Locked On Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. That's you. By the way, I'm Doug Branson. No David Walker today. He's busy crunching the numbers, breaking down the Hornets schedule. That's right. It's NBA schedule day. I'll have some quick reactions here in a moment, and then we'll have a full schedule breakdown coming up on Tuesday. We are now part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you haven't checked out Locked On NBA, please do it now. Hosted by David Locke. Again, it covers the entire National Basketball Association. Great interview up right now with Portland Trail Blazers coach Terry Stotts. Locked on NBA on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you have a question, comment, or are interested in advertising with us, please email us at buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Again, coming up, we're going to talk about the schedule. We're talking Team USA, Nick Batum, the Atlanta Hawks are making changes, and Jason Simon from the Charlotte Hornets, joins us to take us inside what Time Warner Cable Arena has in store for you this season. Leading off today, got to talk about the NBA releasing the schedule for all teams, but specifically, of course, we'll be talking about the Charlotte Hornets. It just released uh, 15 minutes before uh, I hopped on the mic here to record this episode. Just want to hit the high notes, and then we're going to talk about this more extensively uh, coming up on Tuesday. So October 26th, the Hornets open up the 2016-17 NBA season in Milwaukee. That game tips off at 8 p.m. October 29th, the first home game for the Hornets against the Boston Celtics, who they play two preseason games against. That tips off at 7 o'clock p.m. I counted 13 back-to-backs. If that's wrong, please tweet us at Hive Talk Live and tell us how dumb we are and one of those back-to-backs wasn't a way away so that's not bad 13 a pretty low number the nba focusing on getting rid of of those uh back-to-back-to-back-to-backs and one of them being a way away that's really good the the away away back-to-backs are um fun to say but not fun to play so that's good for the hornets and uh let's see uh some notable games we've got the the return of al jefferson to charlotte that comes up pretty quick november 7th the pacers visit the hornets that tips off at seven o'clock p.m one game against the golden state warriors steph coming to charlotte on january 25th and uh, two home games against cleveland as well No holiday games for the Hornets. I'm sorry, no Christmas Day game to announce. I haven't seen the national TV schedule, and we've gotten uh, no kind of information as of right now. That could change. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live, where we will chat about that until Tuesday when we get on the mic again and and talk about this some more. Looking at the road trips and the home stretches, the Hornets have two five-game Road trips, one on December 10th through the 17th. That's five games in seven days. That will be a tough stretch. And then January 5th 
through the 16th. They have a five-game uh, road stretch. And then the Big Daddy probably going to be the toughest stretch, maybe not by competition. There's some games in there uh, against uh, the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns and a few teams the Hornets can beat, but it is a West Coast road trip. It is seven games away from Charlotte. Starting on February 15th, that's right before the All-Star weekend that uh, coincidentally moved from Charlotte and and goes through March 4th. So that's a seven-game away stretch uh, beginning right before the All-Star break and continuing six games uh, after they return from that All-Star break. So that's a tough stretch for the Hornets. There's no getting around that. They do have a couple, uh, let's see, nope, they have one five-game home stretch January 18th through the 25th so you may so you may be saying man no no big home stretches but I looked at the schedule and I think this is my one quick thought on the schedule the home games are pretty spread out throughout the year and I thought last year it was very stretchy there were several long road trips and several long uh, home stretches and there wasn't a lot of balance in terms of leaving Charlotte and getting back to Charlotte. And it didn't. It obviously did not hurt the Hornets. They played well last season, but I think it, it may have contrib- It could have contributed to some of the fatigue and uh, injury issues that the Hornets sustained in those playoffs. So you maybe hope that with a balanced schedule, that it's a little easier on uh, the body. So we will see again more information, more analysis on this schedule coming up on Tuesday. And you can always check out at thehive.com for continuing analysis on the NBA schedule and when those national TV games are announced, or uh, at least uh, we get more information about the Hornets national TV games. You can check that out on at thehive.com. Let's check in on some Olympic men's basketball. Both Team USA and France survived their games on Wednesday. Team USA facing off against Australia, a team that ran Nick Batum and France off the court. This game was all knotted up into the fourth quarter. Really tough game for the United States, but big buckets from Carmelo Anthony, the senior member on this Team USA squad, and he played like it. He allowed the United States to escape with another win. France needed 22 points from Nando DiColo and a clutch bucket by Tony Parker to get the W over Serbia and keep their chances at a medal afloat. Nick Batum finished with 11 points, 3 assists, 1 rebound, 2 steals. Another quiet uh, night for the Hornets forward in international play. Let's start with uh, the USA, though. We said on this show Australia would be trouble because they had the size to defend or at least hang with the United States. They had the shooting to contend with the United States, and a lot of these international teams just simply can't shoot the three ball. But Joe Ingles and Matthew Delavadova and Patty Mills, who I keep forgetting to mention, but he is playing out of his mind. He's Tony Parker's backup, but he's playing better uh, than Tony Parker right now in international play, and he's playing better than a lot of players in this Olympics, playing extremely well for Australia, hitting key bucket after key bucket. And and they proved it against the United States. They were very tough offensively. They're very smart offensively. They they are constantly moving. They're constantly back-cutting. Andrew Bogut is key setting screens, slipping screens. You never know what they're going to do. They, they, they keep their cards close to the chest. They don't have a lot of tells. They don't have a lot of shows. And the United States seemed a little flummoxed at times with their offensive capabilities. 
And Matthew Delvadova, when he's playing at a high level, we've seen it with Cleveland. He's very good. He can get to the middle of the floor. He can obviously hit three-pointers, but he can get to the middle of the floor, and if he's making good decisions, then that means good things for the Australian offense. And and it certainly uh, it, it was it was almost too much for the United States. And and the only reason I think the United States states was able to get out of there with a victory is because they simply had the depth. They simply had the bodies to overwhelm the Australian team. You could see them. It was all tied up. Eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And I saw Delavadova. I saw Andrew Bogut. I saw Joe Ingles. And they were huffing and they were puffing. And the United States was able to blow their house down, get the 10-point victory over Australia simply because depth, simply because they have too many great players who can hit clutch buckets and have the energy. They had the legs at the end of the game. And it was a war of attrition. Uh, and and the United States was able to get the victory over Australia. Let's let's head over to this Team France game. Let's talk about Nick Batum for a second. Even though they got the win, Team France once again fails to impress uh, anyone who has watched this team during this Olympics. They play Team USA next, and I don't think they should have much of an issue dispatching uh, Team France if they continue to turn the ball over like this. It almost killed them again against Serbia. They had to get bailed out by that clutch bucket from Tony Parker. And another quiet game for Nick Batum, still waiting on that offensive explosion. JB from PosterDunk.com was on this show, said it takes Nick Batum three games to really get his motor going, and that was game three, and only 11 points played well early but faded down the stretch. I wonder, though, if when they match up against the United States and Nick Batum looks across the court and sees players that he's familiar with, sees players that he plays against night after night in the NBA grind, if that wakes up uh, his competitive spirit, if that gets him in a place where he can be more involved offensively. Nando DiColo had to take over for France against Serbia, 22 points for Nando. You, you've got to have Nick Batum play a key role, especially outside. He's got to be hitting three-point buckets. They don't need him to pass. That's the thing. France has enough passing. Charlotte needed Nick Batum to pass. France needs him to score. We'll see if he can do it against Team United States or Team USA, I should say. I, I, don't, I don't give him a, a great chance. Real quick, want to bring some good news and some good feels to Hornets fans everywhere. A few Hornets are doing good things in the community and the world at large. Want to point those out. Kimba Walker and Michael Kidd Gilchrist have both hosted local youth basketball camps here in Charlotte. MKG is no stranger to giving back. He he does a lot in Kentucky. But this was his first camp in Charlotte. We've got some audio here from Hornets.com. Take a listen. I've been here for five years. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's grown on me. And uh, I love the city. I love the fans, and I and I love the people in the city, which is what keeps the Hornets organization going, and it keeps us as players going. So just uh, just giving back to uh, to people that's that that really really needs it. Team owner Michael Jordan also in the news. He's giving five million dollars to Ching. To, to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. That museum, the 19th Smithsonian Museum, is set to open September 24th in Washington, D.C. and will feature a game-worn jersey from Michael Jordan's 1996 Finals victory. That might be reason enough for me to finally make that trip to the nation's capital. Never been. Still ahead, we've got some scouting information on the Atlanta Hawks. Sure to be four games against the Atlanta Hawks on this schedule for the Charlotte Hornets. 
And uh, the Charlotte Hornets Director of Creative Events gives you the inside scoop on the Hornets' home court experience. If you've never been to Time Warner Cable, you definitely want to give that a listen. Coming up. Hey, are you a fantasy basketball fan? Or maybe you play fantasy football like everyone else, but want to give fantasy basketball a go this season. Well, you better head over to Locked On Fantasy Basketball with host Josh Lloyd. He'll get you set up no matter what kind of league you're in. Just search Locked On Fantasy Basketball on iTunes, subscribe, and get that fantasy basketball knowledge that you deserve. So the Locked On Podcast Network, it's full of great scouting information, not just on fantasy basketball, but on all of the NBA teams. And you can learn a lot about what's going on with different teams. I subscribe to the Locked On Podcast Network's feed, and it just gives me all the NBA, all the NFL, and I just pick the ones that look interesting on, on a given day. Sometimes I listen to the Hawks. Sometimes I listen to the Heat, you know, just to get some information about what's going on with the other teams so that when the Hornets play these guys – you know, we, we, we know what to talk about and, and we know what to watch for. Um, so I was listening to Locked on Hawks with host Brad Rowland, and, and he, he made some sense. And he was talking about the changes that the Atlanta Hawks have made this offseason. A couple of big ones. One, obviously being acquiring Dwight Howard. But the other move, it's, it's not as talked about, but it's probably just as big. Dealing away longtime point guard Jeff Teague and handing the keys to the car over to Dennis Schroeder could have an even greater impact than the Dwight Howard acquisition. Let's kick it over to Brad for his take on Denny D, Dennis Schroeder. Um, it seems like, you know, Schroeder is uber confident, carries himself as if he thinks he's a star player in this league. That's something that I've mentioned over and over again is that I think Dennis's self-confidence is on a level of just about, uh, you know, the top tier players in the world and that he thinks he's going to be awesome. Uh, I think he probably already is awesome uh, to the point where it could be detrimental uh, it doesn't really necessarily rub me the wrong way in the worst uh, in the worst sense, in that you know Dennis can sometimes be overconfident, and I think that does show in his play to where he thinks he can do too much. But I also like the fact that he's confident and that he's always going to be aggressive in a way that drove me crazy about Jeff Teague, where his consistent his level of consistency was always sort of lacking. Uh, when Teague turned it on and was playing confidently and aggressively, he was great. I think of playoff Teague and the way that he uh, consistently attacked. Uh, sure is going to play that way all the time for better or worse you know the worse is ugly at times but the, the the better in that situation is that he really brings a lot of upside to the table he's a very good athlete um, his pension again for being thinking he's the best player on earth could become an annoyance to his teammates potentially or even especially to the coaching staff and there's been times when Mike Budenholzer has been very frustrated with Dennis in terms of uh, him him not being able to run the offense the way that Budenholzer wants it to be run but uh, this is a team that obviously buys the Dennis Schroeder renaissance. Uh, both Wes Wilcox and Mike Budenholzer have been very, very positive in the public comments about Schroeder, and their actions kind of tell the story. You know, setting Teague away a year, a year before his free agency and kind of investing in Schroeder um, is uh, definitely lays, lays out the path that, that's, that this team thinks that Schroeder is the guy long term. Um, you know, this scout has concerns about Schroeder being the guy and doesn't really love that personality, doesn't really love the upside, but. You know, I think it can work. It's just the it's the thing of Dennis is a very vol- volatile commodity. A lot of Hawks fans seem to be thinking that Schroeder is a, a no doubt um, guy in terms of making a jump this season and really in the next couple of years. I don't think it's necessarily that safe. Um, Schroeder could combust, in my view. That's a non-zero chance. I think it's I think he will improve from last year, but getting more minutes and getting control of a team does not necessarily make him a lock to be better. So Dennis Schroeder shows some elements of overconfidence, 
And and Brad Rowland not sold that he could make that same kind of Kimball Walker leap uh, this season. Maybe not ready for the limelight quite yet. Could be a season, so this could be a vulnerable year for the Atlanta Hawks if the guy at point is not ready for prime time. And a lot of it, Brad Rowland went into this later in the podcast, a lot of it's going to have to do with how well he gets involved with Dwight Howard. Are they able to execute the pick and roll as well as fans will want them to and Dwight Howard not known for that he he wants to back you down he wants to get those post touches and and he doesn't uh, he's not necessarily as inclined to get involved in the pick and roll especially when the ball is not coming his way but with Dennis Schroeder he's not a natural shooter he has to get in the pick and roll to get some ball movement going and really it's going to affect all it's going to affect Paul Millsap it's going to affect the ability for Kyle Korver to get open threes if you know, if if Dwight Howard is not willing to get in that pick and roll, it could be bad news for the Atlanta Hawks. All right, the season is getting closer by the day. I mean, they just released the schedule that we know the day, October 26th. It's coming up faster than you think. And we want to get you prepared for your sojourn to Charlotte on the 29th for that home opener. So we've started a series all about what to do before, during, and after the game. And we're calling it, So You're Visiting Charlotte for a Hornets Game. Today, we're joined by Jason Simon. He's the Director of Creative Events for the Charlotte Hornets, and he breaks down what your experience will be like when you step into the hollowed ground of the cable box. Time Warner Cable Arena. Take a listen. What's the vibe? What's the experience you'd like people to have when they first step into Time Warner Cable Arena? I think from from once you step in the door and you get your ticket scanned, we're all about kind of this all-inclusive energy that we like to kind of um, portray from the moment you walk in to the moment you leave. It's a completely different experience than just watching the game at home. There's a lot of, um, you know, different things going on, and we want to kind of keep you engaged from the minute you walk in till till the minute you leave. Is there – so what uh, – when you guys made the transition to the Hornets, what kind of things did you install uh, that were, were unique to the Hornets brand? So – Obviously, we were so happy to get the Hornets brand back, and we've played off a lot of those pieces just from the branding around the building, from um, the main lobby to some of the concourse pieces. We incorporate the kind of the hive cell look that you'll see in a lot of different areas. Um, This past year, we also um, recognized two of our former Hornet greats in Del Curry and Alonzo Mourning, and you can kind of see a cell that represents each one of those players uh, in the main concourse, which is kind of a cool new feature that we have. Uh, and it also provided us kind of an opportunity to kind of tie in a little bit more to the Carolinas. Um, once we went over to the Hornets, we created our craft beer garden, uh, which is on the 200 level and the 100 level. And that's kind of very specific to North Carolina. It has all local breweries, um, something that has become a destination for folks when they come to the game as well as um, Queen City Q has come in the building since then, and they're a a nice barbecue um, partner that really kind of represents Charlotte and and the Carolinas. I've noticed that last season there was a focus on bringing in more local concession options and the beer garden, which was a staple of the upper level, that you guys brought that down to the lower level as well. 
Yeah, that was something we got a lot of positive feedback from the one in the 200 level and wanted to make sure we had a big enough space to accommodate uh, all of our fans. And it has gone over really well. And like I said, it's just both of those things are just so unique to the Carolinas and Charlotte. It was something we felt was pretty important. Is there anything new this upcoming season that fans can look forward to? Uh, the biggest thing, and I'm sure, you know, if you're a Hornets fan, you've heard about it, is our new scoreboard. It's uh, something I personally am extremely excited about. It's um, not a scoreboard that you would just see dropped into any arena. It's very unique to the Hornets brand. Uh, it's kind of an open structure, and in the center is this um, hive kind of piece that lights up and has some different elements to it, which you won't see anywhere else. Um, but then just from the overall size, the sideline, uh, screens are 180% bigger than what we have now. The, um, baseline sides are about 50% bigger. So whether you're in the upper level or lower level, it's going to be a completely different experience. And I, I just have to give you props. The, the Hornets did a great job of taking advantage of that, uh, the, the previous scoreboard, by getting a lot of cool video presentations up. I'm, I have a video background, so I really enjoyed uh, how you guys got the players involved in some funny-type sketches, and it's something that's unique to the in-arena experience. Talk to us about what goes in to putting those kind of presentations together. Yeah, I think that's that's something that's important to us. I mean, our guys have great personalities. They're we really want to show fans what they're like off the court because you know you don't really get to see that. Like you said, um, it's kind of a, a peek behind the curtain. And um, we've been fortunate to have some really great players with great personalities that you know like to have some fun and you know do some things that aren't necessarily just basketball related. But um, you know, last season we did a little feature with Nick Batum where he taught the guys how to uh, speak a little bit of French. And as you can imagine, you know, some of the guys had some difficulty with it, so it provided some good uh, content there. It's time to learn to speak French with yours truly. Today's word is une affiche poster. Une affiche. Une affiche. And it means... One affiche. But we want to just really kind of highlight our players in the best light possible and, and show that they have these great personalities outside of just uh, being a great basketball player. And there's always something going on, whether it's Hugo at midcourt, uh, you've got the honeybees, you've got a DJ, uh, you've got some things in the upper level for kids. I mean, there's just always something going on. I think I've been in a lot of NBA arenas, and I think that's something that's unique uh, to Time Warner Cable Arena is just how much, how many different threads are being run all across the arena. Yeah, kind of what I was alluding to before. Like when once you walk in the door, we've got you know honeybees that are greeting you when you walk in the door. Hugo's on the concourse. We've got photo stations set up, face painters, balloon artists, you know, to kind of engage families as well as just fans in general. Um, right when you walk in the door, and uh, we've got a great spot for kids called Hugo's Hangout in the 200 level that has a little mini basketball court and some video games and some other activations there that we're continuing to kind of build and, and grow on. Um, so really, yeah, we try to make sure that there's always something going on. And once we, we get to the game itself, you know, we don't like it to be just a, you know, sit on your hands, you know, watch the game environment. You know, you come to the arena for a reason and we try to create that home court advantage um, for the Hornets 
by, you know, engaging fans. And I think with this new scoreboard, you know, we're going to try to get as many fans as possible up there because, you know, as you know, going to a game, you love seeing yourself on, on the big screen. Last question for you, Jason. I know a lot of Hornets fans, they're expecting this team to make the playoffs again. Did did the experience, did it ramp up inside the arena for the playoffs last season? Did it change in any way? The playoffs last year was like nothing else I've seen. In, I've been in the NBA for about 12 years um, in some different markets, and it's like nothing I've seen before. You could tell that, you know, our fans were just completely behind this team and, you know, our whole uh, marketing campaign was enter the swarm. And what that meant was like, once, you know, the team comes in here, we're going to create this crazy environment that's going to be tough to play. So literally I've never seen our fans that engaged that early. I mean, from pregame all the way through, regardless of how the team was playing, they, they were behind our guys and just kind of provided this energy that uh, we're really looking to carry over next season and um, capitalize on because we know how great our fans can be. Jason Simon, he's the director of event presentations for the Charlotte Hornets. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us, Jason. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Woo! Jason's got me pumped. I can't wait. I can smell it. I can see it. I can taste it. He's got me pumped for Big Pat on the PA and free t-shirt tosses that I, I really hope to win someday. Haven't haven't gotten that t-shirt that I've always wanted, but maybe this is the year. And, and of course, chicken nachos. Got to check those out. Ruru's in the arena. Check out the chicken nachos. Speaking of food, tune in on Tuesday for part three of this series. We're talking to the good people at the Charlotte 5 podcast and charlotte5.com, Corey Insko and Sarah Crossland about what you should eat before the game. You really won't want to miss that. Plus, we'll have extended thoughts on this schedule, and we're going to start breaking down the Hornets' depth chart by position, beginning with the point guards, with the help of our point guard scientist and Kimball Walkerologist, Nicholas Denning. Thanks for listening to Locked on Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, please give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast. Help them join this illustrious club. We want to hear from you. Email us your thoughts, your questions on the Hornets, your comments on this schedule release to buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Hive Talk Live is a presentation of SB Nations at thehive.com. We're back again on Tuesday. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Check the schedule out. I think the Panthers are playing. It's an amazing time to be in Charlotte. Let's swarm. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17